it's Oblong Desk with John and Noakes. And this time we're looking at a Now Dance album. It's Now Dance 95. Noakes is over there. Hello, Noakes. Hi, John. Yes, looking forward to this one because we enjoyed the dance tracks on the uh, last Now album we reviewed previously on the previous desk. Go and listen if you haven't already. And uh, some of them are repeated on here, but there's also a lot of good stuff from late 94 into spring 95. It's actually a nice mix, this one. Sometimes we've reviewed now dances that have been a bit obscure, to say the least. Yeah, on this one, there's a good mix of the lesser-known ones being quirky, good, and obviously there's some dross as well. Yeah, I mean, we we, we have got some non-hits on here, which obviously we'll, we'll cover off, but they're not all bad by any means. And the thing I like about this one is, unlike the previous two double discs that we did, this is a double disc as well, it mainly is genuinely dance tracks. So the previous couple, Ashley would throw in some uh, soul music, some kind of slower tracks by female artists predominantly, things like Carleen Anderson that didn't really sit necessarily brilliantly. Um, whereas this one, it, it's mostly upbeat and there's a bit of reggae and there's a bit of kind of crossover in there, but not so much, I wouldn't say. No, it's a, it- Overall, I think a good album, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting through those tracks. What's it look like? How was he enticing the uh, well, record-buying public? Well, with 40 ultimate dance hits uh, written in a slightly odd font, actually, on the front. Not very kiddie-friendly font, I wouldn't say. But the design of the album is um, in tune with the previous two. So the Now Dance uh, Best of 94 and the Summer 94 issues, the, the fonts other than the one at the top are all very similar. So the design is, you know, of a kind with the previous ones. Um, It's got a massive butterfly on the front uh, as well, which presumably is meant to signify spring, perhaps, because it came out on the 20th of March, 1995. Um, Chart performance, it did okay. It spent two weeks at number three in the chart, but didn't pull up any trees, which may be why this is the last double-disc we'll see for a while on the Now Dance series. More on that later, obviously. Let's dive in then. The first five tracks on here, all featured on previous desks. We've reviewed them all. They are in order. Track one on disc one, Kenny Dope presents the Bucketheads and the Bomb. Fact to All Stars are track two with Reach Up. Papa's got a brand new pig bag. Uh, Clocks, Axel F is track three. Entrances, Set You Free is track four, and MC Sar and the Real McCoy's Runaway is track five. Uh, and strong start. It is, and if you were hoping for the single mix of Runaway with the raps on the verses, which you didn't get on Now 30, you're in for a disappointment because it's exactly the same version. I think Ashley really didn't like the rapper, did he? He really didn't like MC Sar for some reason, I don't know why. Um, and also... Just something worth noting, there's a really, really nasty edit at the start of Set You Free. Um, the, the intro that kind of builds at the start is completely chopped. It goes straight into Kelly Lorena's vocal, which is a bit nasty. But, you know, it's on now 30, so you've got it there if you want it. Yeah. So, OK, yeah, let's move on to our first new track. It's track six and Amos, Let Love Shine, the Club Zone radio edit um, from the same school of... Uh, rap and and dance as MC Sar really as that tried and tested mix of a thumping bass the growly male rap with sprinkling of words like styly in it uh, and an overprocessed female vocal uplifting chorus for me I don't think they're kind of adding to or taking away from the sum of human experience with this one no, um, it's interesting you'd written down MC Sar and the real McCoy as a comparison because I, I thought it sounded a bit like Max um, our other dance friends from uh, continental Europe that we've been quite familiar with recently. Um, it's a bit like that. It's a bit like MCSR. Um, the nasty rap lets it down, I think. The, the rap is very much the weak link here. It's pretty poor. Um, you can see why it only got to number 31. Uh, this was a pre-release track, so Ashley was pr- presumably... Uh, not entirely incorrectly, thinking this would be a massive hit, because it's certainly in tune with with the rest of uh, the dance tracks that are uh, around at the time and on this album, but uh, it didn't quite make it, really. And, of course, we can't get to the end of this review of a song by an artist called Amos without going, nay, nay, Mr Wilkes. So there you go. I'm glad you've done that. 
Track 7, 8 and 9 we have covered as well, so there's not an awful lot of new stuff around here. Strike You Sure Do, M People Sight for Sore Eyes and Tinted Out featuring Espiritu and Always Something There to Remind Me. Those are those next three. So uh, a new uh, and a big one, Track 10, Baby D, Let Me Be Your Fantasy, the Rougher Remix. Mm. So we talked about this before in that it missed out on the main Now series. Um, not sure why. I think it was just the timing of when it came out, actually, that meant that it didn't get onto the uh, the standard releases. Um, so it's finally here. Good, you think? It's a bit late. You know, it came out late in 1994, and it was a reissue of a track from two years earlier anyway. Um, however, the rougher remix is clearly designed to make it sound like the prodigy because it's all breakbeats and stuff now i know it was a ravey track to start with but it wasn't breakbeat particularly um i don't like this mix at all and i think given that it doesn't appear anywhere else in the now series it's a shame that we didn't get the single version here yeah uh, i'm going to use the phrase drum and bass and i'm going to use it very cautiously uh, because it may it, it's not pure drum and bass but you can see where that's leading to it's definitely a different sound to what we've had in the dance arena. It was a massive hit, of course. Uh, and I kind of like the lo-fi hardcore direction. It stands up to the test of time. I will agree that it's a shame we don't have the single mix on, but I didn't mind this at all. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it's a bit of an oddity because it's the only... Um, there's one other... Um slightly different version later on which we'll come back to but it's the only full-on 12 inch mix that's on the entire album uh all six minutes 40 of it i think um from memory um so it just it doesn't quite sit right for me um i would have preferred the original but there you go no i think i agree i'd have preferred the original uh snaps welcome to tomorrow we've already discussed that's track 11 and now as i'm sure listener you are begging us to we're going to play some stuff and stop talking for a bit so here's track 12 moby every time you touch me Twelve on disc one of Now Dance ninety five, which we're reviewing on this edition of Oblong Desk's Occasional Table. That was Moby, and every time you touch me, and I've written three words here. Well, six technically, but the the first three words of the description: awesome rave monster, and then I've put with added ragger because it has got a ragger man on it. Um, how this only got to number twenty eight, I do not understand. But Moby wasn't generally having massive hits at this point um and he was in his real hardcore rave period here um this one and the tracks that were released i think either side of it or perhaps both came later him and uh what was the other one i've forgotten the other one but there were there were three that were all of a a kind of type and this is the best of those it's a brilliant dance track yeah and uh, i mean i came to moby sort of first time round. Uh, a little later, when he was in his soporific chill-out, suitable for playing at the reception at Dignitas stage. And this, as you say, it's totally different. High-energy disco, strong vocal. Uh, not the first appearance of the Beatmasters doing a remix on this disc. They, they do pop up again from time to time later on. Uh, I enjoyed it too. I was pleasantly surprised, because I say my, my experience of Moby has been that kind of thing that you put on uh, in the background. And this definitely isn't background. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is a Beatmasters mix. I was just uh, having a look at the uh, booklet there because I didn't notice that. I did notice some of the others, but not that one. So, yes, I think their expertise in turning Shaman album tracks into perfect pop singles about three and a half minutes long has uh, stood them in good stead there. Yeah, they've done a good job with that one. Yeah, and let's not forget Betty Boo. (laughs) Indeed, yes. Where would we be without Betty Boo? Boo. Uh, uh, Corona's Baby Baby... 
the Lee Marrow radio mix, which is the radio mix. Is you just wanted 13. to say Lee Marrow again, didn't you? Admit it. I did, yes, yes. I, as I say, I think the vegetable surname with a very normal first name should be something that other producers and remixers aspire to. Uh, Rednecks Cotton Eye Joe is track 14. Two Unlimited's Here I Go and Wigfield Saturday Night. That's 15 and 16. So we move on to track 17, which is Tony DeVee. Or Tony DeVitt. DeVitt. How, are we, how are we going? It's, it's definitely DeVitt. DeVitt. Yeah, definitely DeVitt. I see. I, I I say if you're heading down the French route, you should stick with it all the way through. Anyway, burning burning up is track seventeen. Um, this has all the hallmarks of a track that's been knocked up in five minutes. It feels like a demo track you get on a Yamaha keyboard with, but with like slightly less effort put into it. I was not enamoured. Yeah, I didn't think you would be. Um, don't confuse Tony DeVitt with Tony DeBart, by the way. Two very different people from very different countries, in fact. Um, yeah, this is the biggest of his three top 40 hits. Um, you'll be unsurprised to hear that they all sound very similar. Um, and this one got to number 25. And uh, actually, I've just noticed he's, you know, he's, he's not from continental Europe. He is actually British. I, I take it back. He's using a uh, foreign-sounding name to make himself sound more exotic perhaps um but uh, yeah uh, that's the most interesting thing we can say about it it is pretty generic um upbeat house really without pulling up any trees yes on to then track 18 which features my favorite band name or collaboration name or group name on the entire disc and that is john of the pleased women and their track passion with my, uh, this is also my favourite, uh, my favourite brackets of the uh, disc as well. Passion brackets a tin tin out edit brackets off. Oh right, okay. Well, that isn't on the back of the uh, CD box which I'm looking at. So let me uh, let me locate the booklet again. Uh, da, da. You're right. It does say a tin tin out edit. Yes, it does. Um, produced by Pizza Man. Well, that's um, an alias for Norman Cook. So it's got him and tin tin out on it as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, John of the Pleased Women, uh, spelt W-I-M-M-I-N, by the way, um, was just a DJ, I think, but this does smack of a big collaboration then. Um, I remember, I don't know if you recall this, um, John, but uh, Jez really liked this. Do you remember we had a copy of this at URN on 12-inch, I think we got it. Um, I, don't think, I don't think I bought it um, in my job as probably just about resigning as music editor by then um i think we got got it given to us and uh jez was very excited about it you remember that i do vaguely yeah and and having forgotten the track actually going back and listening to it i thought it was an absolute find it's real kind of old school 80s acid house vibe and yeah i i would find myself going why don't i remember this it's really good. Yeah, I agree. It is a good track. It only got to number 27, but it fits well in this section of the disc, I would say. I mean, uh, Tony DeVitt isn't as good, but it's a similar kind of idea. It's done much better here, though. Um, he did have, or he or they, did have one other hit as well, which I, I didn't know. I, I looked in the uh, the old Guinness Book of Hits, and uh, I thought this is clearly a one-hit wonder. No, apparently not. There was another one, but uh, this is the only one I vaguely remember. Um, I think it's one of those, if you get the CD and have a listen or stream it or whatever, then you probably will remember it from the time, although it wasn't a massive hit. Joy of doing this is that sometimes you stumble across things that you had either forgotten completely or were never aware of, and I think I can vaguely remember. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to own it now, I think because it's that good and i recommend it to you as well listener track 19 is rio and mars with uh, boy i gotta have you uh, which i don't want to use the word club fodder because i think that that should be reserved for things i really really got bored with after 10 seconds um this is pleasant enough without being stunning yeah it's um it's one of those it's not going to stir any memories like the previous track might but uh, that's mainly because it wasn't a hit in fact spectacularly it wasn't a hit twice so uh, at the time this album came out it was um crawling its way to number 43 in the chart they had to go a year later and it got to number 46 um but unlike some of the non-hits on this album or some of the smaller hits it's not a pre-release track it had already been out for i think at least 
least a couple of weeks when Ashley compiled this, which kind of indicates that he must have thought it was great. To me, it's pretty standard Eurodance. Having said that, given the similarity with other tracks around it, I am a bit surprised that it didn't scrape the top 40. I mean, it's nothing special, mm. but it's, it's, you know, it's not dreadful either. We've all been in radio stations where the person in charge of the music can sometimes inexplicably put a track on the playlist just because they like it. So that from that point of view, I think, fair enough. If Ashley really liked it, it's his label, it's his now dance thing, he can do that if he wants to. And, and, apropos, and apropos of nothing very much at all, certainly nothing to do with what you said there whatsoever, um, I'm quite happy with my decision to playlist the Racy Megamix at URN for Christmas 1992. Let's move on. Shall we? Shall we play something else? Let's play this. You'll like this. I certainly did. It's got everything in it. Tin Man, 18 strings. One of Now Dance 95, track 20, 18 strings by Tim track 18, it may as well have been, because uh, it wasn't exactly the most recent song on this CD. A number nine hits back in August 1994. Uh, I don't know what happened. Did Ashley lose it down the back of a drawer somewhere and just forgot to put it on uh, one of the main Now albums? I mean, it, like Baby D and better, because it's the proper version, it is good to have it here because it is pretty awesome it has to be said oh yeah i mean look at what it's got in it look at what it samples you've got nirvana i'm sure you've got the shaman in there there's some real to real the prodigy klf black box uh, if not sampled certainly in the style of yeah all the way through it, it's it's literally you know you can't go 10 seconds without going oh i've heard that somewhere before to mix those all together is going to go one of two ways it's either going to be a colossal mess uh, or it's going to be brilliant, and it is brilliant. Point it's of order, though. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have you have covered this by saying, you know, not necessarily sampling. It isn't Nirvana. Um, it sounds incredibly like "Smiles Like Teen Spirit" by Nirvana, but you know what? That actually is, and the, um, the 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 credits give it away slightly um, if you know who wrote the original. So uh, it is, I believe, an actual sample. And it's the Sex Pistols version of I'm Not Your Stepping Stone, which just happens to sound uncannily like Smells Like Teen Spirit, which does kind of make you wonder who was plagiarising who there, really, doesn't it? Mm, But we can't say anything about Nirvana because they are great and Kurt Cobain is a genius, allegedly. Yes. Uh, And, well, I mean, he's done the classic thing of making yourself a genius by shooting yourself in the head. Yes. Uh, That always always helps to uh, make you... It does more of a genius it does but but regardless allegedly regard yes but regardless of what is and isn't included in here and i i agree with you i think there's an awful lot of stuff going on here uh it is uh, a glorious track and uh fully deserves its place on here and um i like to say the only the only mystery is why it wasn't on an album earlier in this series really yes note to children listening to this please don't shoot yourself in the head that brings us to the end of uh, disc one and uh, what a fine disc it was let's pop disc two in there uh, it's a bad start i'm afraid it's nikki french's total eclipse of the heart which we've already reviewed and don't need to do again thank goodness uh, tell me when the human league is track two and now it's time to play a uh, a new song from a band who've come in for some stick from us in the past but let's see how this goes down it's eternal and crazy Hear them whisper, certainly just lost a mind And your conclusion, on any reason they can find Say I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy Maybe a little crazy, when it comes to you They say I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy 
Crazy by Eternal, that's track three on disc two of Now Dance 95, which we're reviewing on Oblong Desk's occasional table today. I remember back in the mists of time um, when Oblong Desk had regenerated into a review show on URN called Slag or Shag, which I'm sure you recall uh you may even have guessed Mm -hmm. it on it i'm not sure um and i really stood up for this song um and then someone else and i can't remember who it was one of the other panelists came along and said i hate it for exactly the same reasons that noakes likes it uh this often happens really in my in my (laughs) career of reviewing things um i really like the silly noises in this i i've I've always been a sucker for silly noises in songs and the fact that it goes crazy all the way through and then you've got them going woo for no apparent reason all the way through i think it's quite endearing really i think it's the best thing they ever did personally but uh one of their smallest hits number 15 (laughs) i always end up liking the smaller hits i'm not in tune with the record buying public uh i i'm not normally into the kind of soul wailing uh of eternal and their ilk but actually this is classically produced and it's very well sung it's really american sounding isn't it uh uh, and it is i don't mind that i don't mind that i preferred i want to be the only one which also was um featured and produced by bb winans and this one is too and i think that that's yeah. a good thing for eternal yeah and i didn't know that he'd written and produced this until i took a look at the credits i was quite surprised but then as you say the american sound of it perhaps gives it away the fact that it's not you know your usual british producers du jour of the time i'm not sure who that would have been actually because this was kind of before the max martin behemoth era that we now live in so um yeah it's it's a good little track doesn't tend to get on compilations very often because it wasn't as big a hit as their other stuff from the same time but it's a damn sight more interesting than the likes of i don't know which ones have we done so far i've forgotten there have been so many they've been so boring um save our love there was there was one that was rubbish (laughs) indeed oh do you know what i'm in the mood for something absolutely average oh thank goodness for that track for judy (laughs) cheeks is here uh with respect it's it's a high energy soul effort there's a contradiction in terms uh she's giving it plenty but the song is just so average that once again we're just looking at that kind of oh judy was it judy chicks that you um stuck up for on a previous one that, that you surprisingly I, liked i the always first single yeah, yes i always try and you know give her a good go because she's got a good voice you see no I've two ri- ways about it yeah uh, she has I mean, i've written down probably her best single so clearly i liked it more than you but having said that I can't remember any of it, so uh, I suppose it's not that great. It was a number 23 hit, so we're back into the kind of middling ones here. Speaking of which, track five is Read My Lips Saturday Night Party by Alex Party, um, one of seemingly thousands of versions of this. This is just clocks in at just under three minutes on here, so it's another slightly different mix, but we've already covered it at least twice before in different versions that are practically the same so uh, moving on track six then uh i'll be interested to hear what you made of this one uh given that it's a a kind of fourth helpings of uh, something that was good to start off with and now is gruel i would argue uh raise your hands by real to real featuring mad stuntman uh yes i have written down the law of diminishing returns i think we were of the same mind on this uh old mad stuntman even even rehashes i like to move it in the rap there's another rapper as well isn't there did you notice there's someone else who turns up on this one i've no idea who it's like they just wandered into the studio for five minutes and i'll tell you you what there is in the video for this at the start of the video as if completely admitting that they are giving up the coast zig and zag start off Well, I'm glad you researched that because I couldn't be bothered. But yes, that is that is really milking it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Raise your hands if you've heard this before. Yes, I have. Uh, but but then, you know, that surely the fact that Zig and Zag and Real to Real and Mad Stuntman appear on the same video is that not one of those doppelganger moments where only one of them can survive the meeting? <laughs> Possibly. And in that case, it was Zig and Zag. Yes, possibly. And astonishingly enough, we're not done with Real to Real singles off their first album, though I think I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure Conway, which in itself sounds ridiculous, even before listening to it, uh, isn't on a now album. So we may be spared that. Oh, good. Uh, we've got a remix. We've got the Beatmasters back again, remixing Bobbling Hot, Pato Banton and Ranking Roger, or track seven. Yeah. Uh, 
it adds less than I'd hoped. You know, you see Beatmasters and you go, oh, this is going to be good, Dan. Uh, but it's just a few silly whistles that they seem to have popped onto the track. I, I get the feeling, and I can't remember if I checked this or not when I was listening to these tracks, I get the feeling that they probably did do the single mix for this that we've reviewed previously and that they have just extended it. And that's the version that's on here. Because it's not a massively long version of it. It's um, it's about another minute and a half of it. And as you say, it's just bells and whistles, literally, um, on there. So, you know, if you like the single, you'll probably like that mix, but uh, it's nothing to get excited about, really. Not really. Let's play something that uh, is another Beatmasters mix. Yes, they were um, flying off the shelves at this point. It's track eight, Aswad, and You're No Good. Her heart was gentle and true. I left that girl for someone like you. Now I beg forgiveness on Dance 95's disc to You're No Good from Aswad. And um, I put this on thinking, oh yeah, I remember this. In fact, I think I did buy this one for URN in a 7-inch format before that format completely died a death um, for a bit. You can buy them now again, of course, if you want to spend £10 on a tiny piece of vinyl. But I digress. Um, it's a cover of the 60s hit by the swinging blue jeans of all things. Um, I didn't expect to enjoy this. I don't remember enjoying it at the time. I was listening thinking, actually, this works somehow a reggae cover of an old 60s beat tune um i think it must be the Beatmasters doing it again uh and working their magic on it that's the only thing i can think of because um it's got all the ingredients that mean i shouldn't like it but i do it only got to number 33 though um which is a bit of a shame i think it deserved to do better yeah yeah uh, i mean the, the swinging blue jeans certainly can't have imagined that this would have happened to their sort of nice 60s pop song when they wrote it uh, i think it takes a couple of choruses for me uh to get into because like you say you're going no reggae version of of 60s sort of it's not mersey beat is it but it's that kind, kind of, of thing. yeah um it's testament to the quality of aswad and the beatmasters that by the middle of, of the song you've kind of completely forgotten what the original sounds like and you're tapping your foot merrily away to this happy slice of reggae I really enjoy it. Well, there you go. So we both had a pleasant surprise. The only thing, of course, it is fatal to call your song, even if it's not one you've written, you're no good. You are asking for trouble there, aren't you, really? You are, yes, yes. But we're going to steer away from that and on to track nine, which is M-Beat featuring Naslin and Sweet Love. What did you reckon to this? You'll be unsurprised to hear that I absolutely hate this. Uh, Not just because it's Jungle, and I'm not a big Jungle music fan. It's just not a very good cover. So this is the Anita Baker song, if you were uh, wondering. It got to number 18, this, and I just, I, I'm just i baffled that this got in the top 20 when there's several better songs that we've already mentioned, including the one before it on the album, that didn't get anywhere near the top 20. Uh, just, no, not for me at all. You're going to say you like it now, aren't mm. you? No, I'm not, okay. no, because <clears throat> because Incredible was my one kind of, you know, I hate Jungle, but I love that. And this is this is squarely back in, as you say, that kind of, it's a noise, and it's annoying, and I didn't really like the original Nita Baker song anyway, so there's just a triple whammy of get, get it off my yeah, yeah leave I'm, my I, ears, go I, away. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not fond of the original myself. I think we've both had enough days of local radio where we've had to play it more than is entirely necessary. Um, so, yes, that's probably why we don't like the original in the first place. Mm. I did like this one, though, track 10, um, and I was trepidated by it a little. Uh, it's Carleen Anderson's version of Apparently Nothing, uh, which was the Young Disciples track that she was the vocalist on. And so it's like, well, why why is she singing it again? If, if she's going to do this again as, as a solo artist, having sung the original, what's going to get added to it? It kind of comes down to whether you like the original more hip-hop version or this solier sound that she's brought to this remix. Um, I think both have their place, uh, but something tells me that if you're going to sing it again, then you yourself must not have been happy with the original. 
Yeah, it's a bit confusing, this, for many reasons. Um, as you say, she was on the original, which is very, very good. Um, and this version wasn't even a single. Well, let's clarify that. It wasn't the lead track on a single. So what you've got here is the K-Class remix, and I've checked this. It was included on the Let It Last single, uh, on the CD single anyway. I don't think there was a vinyl uh, release for that. Um I'd say I prefer the original, and I know there was a third version as well, because I don't know if you remember this, but at the end of the 90s, Brand New Heavies did uh, a version of it as well, and I've got a funny feeling that she sang on that one as well. I'm pretty sure that by then she was in the Brand New Heavies, and if that's true, and somebody will check this for us, won't they, listener, um, then she'll have sung three different versions of it, which is just bonkers, really. It's an achievement of sorts, and uh, it's a cracking song. Let's make no mistake about it. Yeah, Apparently, just, nothing is a brilliant song. It is. I'd just rather hear the original, to be honest. I didn't mind this, and and you know, from that point of view, it's her song to sing. I don't actually mind that she keeps hashing it out with various backing tracks, particularly if they're a little bit different. It gives you, okay. gives you some versions. I liked it. Um, but yes, I say if if you like held a gun to my head, then I'd probably say I'd have the original. No one's going to do that, though. Uh, not even R. Kelly. <laughs> Bump and Grind is track 11. Um, Ultimate Chaos is Some Girls. Let's gloss over that. Um, one criminal on one criminal track. And instead, let's move on to the aforementioned brand new heavies, track 13, uh, and spend some time. Yeah, it's almost like I knew this was coming up, isn't it? Not just thrown together this podcast, you know. Uh, yeah, spend some time. Um, a, a middling one, I would say, in their oeuvre. That's a big word. Um, number 26 hit I would have preferred just because I think it's a better record and because we played it to death on URN even though it only got to number 38 I would have preferred Close to You which was the next single along it was released I think roughly when this album came out so you'd have thought Ashley would have had it on his list but for whatever reason he went with this one Um, it's okay Um, and we we always give the brand new heavies positive coverage on here because we like them but it's not one I'll be going back to very often. Oh, I enjoyed it. They're just so classy and, and effortlessly sunshiny. Uh, they always put me in a happy place. It's, I tell you what it reminds me, it's like, it's like there are some cocktail bars that are just really happy places, not the posy ones with the mood lighting, but those kind of like sunshine ones, maybe on the back of a deck of a cruise ship and the clientele are all cool and sophisticated and not posing. They're just enjoying themselves. And this is the kind of music that I would expect to be on in the background to one of those kind of settings, just positive, uplifting and really well done. Yeah, well, I think that's a reasonable summary. Although I will say, for any listeners now weeping at the mention of cocktail bars and cruises, um, if you are still in lockdown, we we do sincerely apologise. There will be a helpline at the end uh, for any issues raised in this podcast relating to lockdown. There there won't. There won't be. No. Uh, Track 14 is Love Station's Come Rescue Me. Someone's been listening to Lisa Stansfield. Uh, but then they kind of got distracted by the postman delivering their Sony Discman. A reasonably good idea, but you can't take CDs out for a walk because they skip like crazy. Do you have, do you have a Sony uh, Discman, mate? Yeah, no, I, I never had one, um, but I do know what you mean. They were not reliable pieces of technology, no. Yeah, so, so this is somebody who's listened to Elisa Stansford track and thought, I can have a go at that, uh, and they didn't do it very well. So, yeah, just like the Disman, a good idea in theory, badly executed. Um, I quite enjoyed this one, actually. We're kind of disagreeing mildly on quite a few of the non-hits on here, but no, I thought this was a pretty good Happy House kind of song. That's the genre it falls into. Um, Got to number 42. Again, you could argue that, given the sound of it, it was unlucky not to pop into the top 40, at least for a week. Um, I, I don't know. I quite enjoyed it, really. I probably enjoyed it more than the next one, which has a confusingly similar artist name. This is this doesn't warrant a triple A because it's just too obvious. Can we just give him one clap? Just one single yes, clap. Yes, okay. There we go. There you go. Well done, Ashley, for putting Love Station, followed by Loveland, featuring the voice of Rachel McFarlane. Good job it's the voice <laughs> and not the legs, eh, mate? Yes, for absolutely. Mm, I need somebody, brackets, Loveland's full on radio edit, brackets off. Thanks. I wrote one word for this. It's my favourite word that I use for dance is tracks, it, is and it, it's fodder. Is it fodder? Yes, it's I thought fodder. it might be. Yes. Um, 
the the thing that slightly bemuses me is it's quite similar sound to the previous one as well as having a similar name of the artist but this one got to number 21 and it was a hit twice because they released it again later in the year and people bought it again so how was this a hit twice when the love station one which is perfectly fine wasn't a hit once i don't understand maybe people got confused by the two names and bought loveland thinking they were buying love station well yes because because loveland had had a big hit the year before we've we've mentioned it in previous desks haven't we uh with um come on grab your thighs let the music lift you up that one well it's not thighs i'm i'm joking there but uh, you know what i mean that song was a big hit i remember that yeah so perhaps you're right perhaps people were getting confused they wouldn't have been confused by this next track. It's very distinctive. Track 16 is Greed featuring Ricardo de Force and Pump Up the Volume, brackets, Greed's Anthem Mix Edit. Whenever I see the name Ricardo de Force, I know that what I'm going to hear is a classic track, Ruined. This is awful and it's an insult to the sample. I really, Ooh. really, really was upset. Harsh, by it. harsh. Um, did you not like his stuff with the KLF though? Because he was awesome when he was doing KLF track. Uh, what did he do with the KLF? That uh, um, I remember him ruining. He ruined Entrance. Uh, he did all the KLF hits except for Justified and Ancient. So he would have been on, uh, or was he on What Time Is Love? He was definitely on Three AM Eternal, Last Train to Trans Central. Definitely on those two. Oh, was that him doing the rap? Yeah, yeah. So he's a good rapper. Oh, I mean, he's, well. he's, he, he's got pedigree. You could argue that this is the gateway to him losing the plot, if you like, because I think Entrance listened to this and thought, oh, that's a good idea. It's got a sample of an old song that everybody likes to dance to. Let's do that, jazz it up a bit and put him on it. Because Entrance, the back end of the year, that was when their um, hit started with um, that kind of format. I see. So maybe it was just the point at which Ricardo de Force decided to put himself as a named artist on tracks. Possibly. Got too big for his boots, maybe. Possibly. I mean, Greed had uh, come out with a few dance tracks earlier in the decade and got not very far with them. So Greed didn't have a name, I guess. Maybe they thought Ricardo de Force did from the KLF connection. Possibly. Um, either way, uh, it's a pre-release track, this. So Ashley was banking on it being a hit. It wasn't. It got to number 51. Um, there's eight writing credits on this. Eight. So... You know what we were saying earlier about Tin Man being a good example of how to jumble loads of things and make it good? This is the opposite. I agree with you. I think this is terrible. It should be good. It's not. It's uh, deservedly a non-hit. Okay, let's move on to uh, something that I know why you picked this to play, (laughs) and I did enjoy it. It's Mr. Roy and Saved, the 7-inch Middle Wicket Mix. New York! London! Paris! Chicago, Rome, come on, It's Oblong Desk's occasional table. John and I are reviewing Now Dance 95, a double disc with loads of dance tracks, including that one, track 17 on disc 2, saved by Mr. Roy. Now, we've already referred to the fact that I was, for most of the spring 95 period, uh, head of music at uh, URN, so I'd go out and buy stuff. And um, often, if it was something I didn't know the name of, I would go to Arcade Records, may they rest in peace and uh, go actually i think they'd already gone by then it would have been somewhere else probably by then um and uh, i'd go anyway i go and listen to the tracks that i didn't recognize and i remember the guy putting this one on i was thinking yeah that's all right nice kind of you know dance track that's all right and then halfway through the sample of the cricket theme appears, the uh, Booker T and the MGs track, Soul Limbo, yes, isn't it? it is. um, yes, it is. And it's it's ridiculous, but it's also absolute genius. I remember laughing my head off in the record shop thinking, yes, I'm having that. The only disappointment here is that it couldn't get higher than number 24 again. What were people thinking? This should have been top 10. I think there's a uh, cool threshold that, that, that 
you know, you and I would dance to this, of course. Blowers, Aggers, Johnners, they would all do their dan- dancing in the Test Match special box. Boycott would be stood there not getting it uh, and, and probably hitting someone. In fairness, the BBC have recognised that, that Soul Limbo is a track that you can remix. And if you've heard the Test Match special remix that they now use as their theme tune, it's way too jazzed up. Oh, uh, no, I haven't on heard it. No. Five Live Sports Extra. Yes, they've put some, you know, 90s and noughties beats behind it to make it a bit more for the kids. Uh, but, you know, it's been done before and it was done here. And yes, as you say, it's fantastic. But I can't see people who are not into cricket getting the joke and the people who yeah. like cricket generally don't like nightclubs as well. <laughs> Can't see so Jeffrey a, in a the, nightclub, no. Um, well, not unless he... No, no, let's not go there. That's. Uh, that, I was no, going down let's, a route let's, that, that let's doesn't leave. need to be uh, followed followed through, uh, to use cricket terms. Um, yes, so I, I think it's great, and I, I get your point. It's, it's perhaps not designed uh, to appeal to the people who would go out and buy this kind of thing. Um, but uh, I, I think it's a nice little oddity. I'm really, really glad it's on here. Um, you could have made a case for it being on a standard now album really given that it's uh would fit in quite well with the dance stuff we reviewed on the previous one but yeah it's um it's a nice track and again um if if you are still in lockdown while you're listening to this please don't be upset by the names of the cities that mr roy or whoever it is reads out at the start of this song that you currently can't visit yes uh right okay let's move on to uh, uh one that i was completely unfamiliar with the flavor no matter what you do, brackets, I'm going to get with you, brackets off, which to me feels like some Betty Boo leftovers that someone found in the fridge. It's it's all over the place sample-wise, but it's not unpleasant. And you do know, as we've previously mentioned, I do like Betty Boo. So whilst <laughs> this feels a bit, whilst this feels like a bit of a mess, it's still a Betty Boo-ish mess. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think they were a group of three. I think it was three ladies in the group. Um, This song was released at least three times. I've got it on three different compilations, only one of which is is a now. And they're all slightly different versions, so you can't fault them for having a go with this. Um, chart terms, let's give you the chart facts. It got to number 81 <laughs> in 1994. This time round, you'd have thought, well, maybe they've given it a bit of a push. Number 79. Um, so the predominant samples on here are Car Wash um, by Rose Royce, and also there's a bit of Sub Sub, Ain't No Love, Ain't No Use in there in the background as well. Um, given that, I'm surprised it wasn't a hit. Though I think it does get annoying quite quickly, doesn't it? I think that's the problem with it. It's just, it tips over from catchy to annoying a bit too quickly, I think. Perhaps so, yes. I'm surprised it did that badly. Yeah, yeah, I me mean, too. That's like almost people not buying it deliberately, isn't it? When yeah, it's seventy nine and Brazil actually taking taking it to the counter and going, I don't want to buy this. <laughs> Please put it back. <laughs> like unfolding yeah. shirts in Gap. Yes. Right, track nineteen. Oh, we're nearly there already. Uh, Prince Ital, 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 I think. Ital. Who knows? Um, there was there was a car, wasn't there? It was a. British Leyland oh, car. God, yeah. Was, was, it, Morris, they, was, it, was, was it Austin Morris. or Morris? I think it was a Morris, Morris E-Tal. That was and, that, and, they call, and they called it the E-Tal. I Morris thought they called E-Tal. it the E-Tal, so I'm even more confused now. Let, let's all agree anyway, that it was a terrible shame, whatever you called it. It was a rust bucket of highest proportions. Yes, he has taken the the essence of the badness of the name Ital uh, as Prince Ital Joe, featuring Marky Mark... Uh, with the track United, uh, and this is every bit as bad as a high-energy Euro disco gospel featuring two contrasting rap styles, neither of which is particularly strong. Sounds like it's going to be. We've had a fair few actors trying singing careers as, that we've reviewed, and fair play to Mr. Wahlberg for going the other way because he's a far better actor than he is a singer. Oh, yes. Rapper. Oh, yes. Now, you'll be unsurprised to hear that this was a massive hit in Europe. They loved it. I think it was number one 
in, I, from memory, I think at the very least Germany and probably Italy as well. Um, this is going to sound like I'm uh, repeating what I said before, but this is another one that was released twice. So this one came out in 1994, just like uh, the Flavor song that we mentioned, and got to number 80, one place higher than the Flavor. Not, not in the same week, I don't think. Second time around, it got to number 79 <laughs> again. So we've got two, the astonishing fact that we have two number 79 hits in a row on an album is, I think, something worth a bit of a celebration in itself, even though this is rubbish. I mean, I've written here that Prince Ital Joe makes Dr. Alban sound like Eminem in terms of rap quality. That's how bad he is. <laughs> Indeed, indeed, yes. He makes Mark Wahlberg look great for a start. Yeah, there there, there can't be many moments in Marky Mark's career where you've been really hoping for him to come back on and sing (laughs) some more, but this is one of them, definitely. Shall we end our little sojourn through this disc with track 20 and play a bit of it, because it's rather good. It's Lavinia Jones, and sing it to you, brackets, Every time that we had to keep in stride And just another time lost When love's gonna be this strong So all I wanna give is just the way I live Without love ever sense You're never gonna make it all night long Gotta sing it to you Final track on Now Dance 95. You know I love things in brackets. This one's a corker. Lavinia Jones with Sing It To You. de doop de doo As you said, John. Quite right. Now You can't do it any other way. It's a nightmare. On. She doesn't sing de doop de doo No. She sings They'd have run out of ink if they'd tried to put that on there. But if they... Why did they bother? Just to make... DJ's back annoying it sound ridiculous and that's the only way you can yeah. do it is go de-do-de-do. and I wonder if that's what put people off playing it because it's a nice song this it's not really dancey not not in the true sense of the word it's a kind of soul song with a bit of Spanish guitar in um, the vocal's unusual I don't dislike it but I can see why it would not be to everybody's taste but I do think the title maybe put people off this was a massive favourite at URN it was played not just by me lots but by lots of the other presenters peaked at number 45 so we've ended the album with three non-hits in a row but this one was at least, well, A, good, and B, only just missed out. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice low-key end to the album as a track. As you say, it's it's not high energy at all. It's just a really pleasant song and easy to sing along to. Amazing that it was ignored by the record-buying public, because, uh, as you say, I don't think it was just URN that was playing it. I, by this stage, was... Uh, elsewhere in the world and certainly it was being played around stoke oh okay for one yeah i think i think um i don't think radio one picked up on it and in those days that was still a big thing wasn't it and i think that probably Mm. did for it really which is a shame anyway there ends now dance 95 uh all we have to do is pick our favorite track of these now as usual we are limiting ourselves to tracks we've reviewed, uh, not ones we've previously reviewed. So only the ones we've talked about today are up for our nominations. I found this interestingly tricky, but I did manage to uh, come up with one in the end. How about you? Uh, I know I'm struggling because I've got, I keep changing my mind. I've got three in mind, but one of them is Tin Man, and I'm going to disqualify that. Not because I don't like it, because as we've already discussed, it's it's awesome, but um, it's it's really very old, and I don't think ideally it should be on this album. To be honest, given how old it is, uh, more than six months after it was released, it gets on here. Um, so that narrows it down to two. I need to have a think. So uh, I'll I'll let you carry on. Righty ho. Okay. Well, well, mine came down to a choice between Tin Man. Um, and I'm not going to be bound by your rules so much on that one. Well, they're not rules. John of the Pleased Women, <laughs> yep. because that was such a surprising find for me. 
and then the one that I'm actually going for, which is as words, you're no good because I really wasn't that bothered by the original and I love this one. And I think my law of remixes and resings and cover versions is can you do a better job? And they've done such a better job on this one that I'm giving it to them. Well done, Aswad. I think that's entirely fair. And actually, that wasn't on my list, and I unfairly overlooked it. So I'm really glad you picked that, actually. Um, okay, so I'm down to two. Uh, I think I've decided I'm going to give Lavinia Jones the runner-up spot because it's nice, it's a good track, it reminds me of the time, and um, I still love it. And... Uh, you know, it's it's a nice track, but it's not a pure dance track. So from the opposite end of the spectrum, I'm going to pick as my favourite the one that really does the business in terms of this would get you going in the club. No question whatsoever is uh, Every Time You Touch Me by Moby. So I'm going to go for that. It's a very strong track and probably the most credible thing on here. So, uh, you know, you were saying you're out of touch with the uh, record by but not in this case. <laughs> Hooray! Mate. Redeemed yourself. Hooray! Ah, yes. So there we go. Another Oblong Desk's occasional table done and dusted. We should be back with more, obviously, soon. Meanwhile, if you've uh, enjoyed these, if you want some more information from us about any of the tracks we've played, if you want to check out some of the previous desks, there's only one place to go, and that is our website, which is oblongdesk.podbean.com, where you will find, as I say, all previous desks, uh, plus countless bits of information to while away an afternoon in lockdown, or maybe two or three afternoons. Box setters. There you go. Binge listen. That might be a is that, is that a thing? <laughs> well, there's binge watching, mate, so it stands to reason there must be binge listening. Just be warned, you'll be hearing a lot of Juliet Roberts. I think it's only fair yes. to, to warn the listener. A lot of good stuff as well, yes. of course, but just a uh, lot indeed, of indeed. Juliet Roberts. Okay, that's the public information yes. bit done. I suppose we'd better say goodbye then, so we'll talk to you uh, on another desk reviewing another album. Ta-ra! <laughs> Oblong Desk's Occasional Table was written, presented and produced by Noakes and John Tyndall with additional music by John. Head to oblongdesk.podbean.com to like, share, subscribe and enjoy every episode of Oblong Desk. Oblong Desk.